0: Welcome to the Agents of Innovation podcast, where we feature conversations with entrepreneurs, philanthropists, and artists. Okay, we are here at Fernando's Cafe in Antigua, Guatemala. It's a really lovely spot here um, and a very popular spot. It's great for coffee. Got my latte over here, Fernando, and uh, You've got a chocolate shop right right here. This is uh, Fernando Arias. He is the owner and operator of Fernando's Cafe. Thank you for welcoming us to here in Antigua.
1: Happy to have you here.
0: Well, Fernando, um, I've been here a couple times. I've met you a couple times. The last time I was here, I had a really great conversation with you. Uh, The first time I was here, I was so exhausted because I just got off the uh, Fuego and Acatenango Volcanoes, but I gotta give a shout out to my friends, Chad, Chris and Scott, they uh, they actually woke up from their naps earlier than me, and they came over and got some got up, got wakened by some coffee, and got wakened by a great conversation they had for with you. And they said, "Francisco, you got to talk to Fernando." he said, "I'm tired. We'll talk next time." And we did. So anyway, uh, not only was I mentally tired, but I was physically tired from that volcano. But anyway, uh, Fernando. Um, it's, it's a really great place. And, and then I noticed, I know we have a lot of other great uh, connections. My friend Lisa Hanko at UFM knows you, and she's known you for a while. So I, I, I hear your name a lot. Um, and when I was here, just like on your website, I noticed, you told me we have the finest drugs on earth here. And I said, oh boy, what are we getting into? So, Fernando, tell me, tell me about the finest drugs on earth that people can find here. Well,
1: the finest drugs on earth are not illegal. <laughs> we're talking about coffee and cacao chocolate. And that's what uh, we do here. Coffee. And from raw cacao, we deliver a lot of different products uh, based on chocolate products. Yeah, or now. And spreads as well. That yeah.
0: Chocolate. And we're going to get into that in just a, a few minutes here, but I wanted to ask you a little bit more about you and your journey to. Uh, to running this place and starting it. Um, First of all, you were born and raised here in Guatemala? Guatemala City, yeah. Guatemala City, and how long have you been in Antigua? 21 years. Oh, wow, so just just a few years after college, right? Yeah. (laughs) So uh, uh, this is a podcast, the Agents of Innovation podcast is uh, about entrepreneurship and a lot of people who are interested in entrepreneurship. Uh, So I always like to ask people a question, what was your first job in life? And it could be anything as a kid or something. And, um, and then what did you learn from that?
1: Hmm.
0: I think I was five.
1: Do um, you remember that? It was not a game, but it was a tool. The Spirograph? Do you remember that? No.
0: The, oh the, the right. what? The what was it? Spirograph. Spirograph. Where you could do. Drawings. Like twist? Oh, no. How old are you? 43. Hmm? 43. Oh, OK. Yeah. Well, Google it.
1: Spirograph. It was something that you, where you could do little yeah. symmetric forms and everything. So it was five, and I got one for Christmas. And the next Christmas, um, I did uh, Christmas cards. Uh, I sold all my work. Uh, and I, I made a partnership with Google. My um, father's drawing, drawing person, the one with the best handle, and he did all the Happy New Year et cetera, et cetera. was it And what did
0: what did you learn from that experience?
1: Well, it's nice to have a business. I I never made a good employee. I was never a very good employee, um, actually. I, Maybe I was an employee for two months with my father until I told him, listen, I already learned how to draw blueprints, something that is in the past already. But at the time every house had 14 different blueprints, I was able to make about 12.
0: So instead of working for me, I was being paid according to what I worked. Well, that's good. Um, so then what was, uh, obviously from the age of five. <laughs> no, no, that was, this time I was already, what, uh, 16. 16, 18. okay. So from that point on, um, what, was your, what was your career path, like post high school, through college, and, and what and how did
1: then you? I st- well, I started engineer, but I didn't like it. So eventually I ended up uh, studying international training. And for many years, and actually a lot of what I do here can be considered international trade. Yeah. Just because of our customers. Uh, but but uh, for many years, we did grow, pack, and ship fresh experience and other things that we, exported. important. Uh, and I was never good at the farm plants and to me, that's why we didn't want to <laughs> uh, So my job was actually to maximize our sales by checking on the brokers, or fire them when they were used, which was very common in the Parisian business. Yeah. And I finally found a perfect company that we are still friends with, that we didn't have as far as We finished that in 1997.
0: Oh, wow. So when did uh, Fernando's Café open? 2000. 2000. So it's been here 21 years now. 21 years. Was it always in this location? Yes, sir. Wow, that's great. And so uh, we're right, you know, uh, in the heart of Antigua here. And what, just a couple blocks over is the La Merced uh, one church. One block. One block over okay. from La Merced. A uh, couple blocks... To the so south the is the, or just a couple blocks from the Arch, a couple blocks from the Central Park.
1: Five blocks from the park.
0: Yeah, so, uh, but a great, you can walk here from just about anywhere in Antigua. Yeah, Antigua um, is where it's Yeah, so it's a, it's a great place. Um, so how how did it start and, and how has it evolved? At what First of all, what did you, when you opened it, what did you offer here? And, and how, is, how has the business evolved since that time?
1: Well, we started with coffee. From day one, I was already roasting my own coffee, granted, in a much smaller machine, the one that is outside. That's a free pump that I don't use anymore. um, And I used to roast right there, so people walking by couldn't escape the smell of of the fresh coffee coming out and we had also a basic food menu, which still is basic. We don't consider ourselves a restaurant. We are a cafe and chocolate factory that happens to have some food. Really good food, really good quality, but it's not pages and pages and pages. Of
0: food. Yeah, like I've had breakfast here. You've had a pretty good breakfast. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that's great. So, so it's... Um, on the website, and I think when I met you, uh, well, you also mentioned that to me that, um, you know, you're, so you sell, obviously people come here for coffee, it's a cafe, but you also have a, a wonderful chocolate shop. And I understand in the back here, where I'm hearing a little bit of a chocolate making going on right now, I think, uh, you, uh, you produce some chocolate. So, um, how, what is the process like uh, first of all, I don't know where the coffee comes from, but also where does the chocolate come from and what's the process like uh, for the, some of the products you sell?
1: Okay. Coffee. coffee comes from different regions of the country. I'd like to have at least three different ones. Uh, this is the worst time of the year because uh, we're almost out of coffee. Um, the new batch uh, is not even close to, to coming. Mm. I'm guessing December, early December, maybe.
0: Uh, and is this from like? Do you have your own finca, or do mm. you work no, with no, the no, finca? No. Okay, I, I told you the funds. Yeah, don't listen to me. Uh-huh.
1: No, uh, but uh, I'm in direct contact with all the funds. Okay, we don't care if they are small or no, big, but they have to be outstanding. That's where we are really demanding really because we expect our customers to demand from us. Otherwise, we're just another place. Yeah. What's the point?
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit, why are coffee and chocolate uniquely positioned to help grow Guatemala's well to help Guatemala's environment and also help grow Guatemala's economy.
1: Mm. Both, both prop, co- crops share some things in common and some things are complementary. For example, they don't share the same habitat. Coffee is, a good coffee from the highlands. Okay. If you happen to have coffee in the same farm as cacao, that means that you have lousy coffee.
0: Mm. Most likely, so, it's going to be robust. So the root of coffee and chocolate is the root the same? Like the root of the like uh, how it starts? Does it start from the same plant or are they no, different no, plants? No. Okay. No. No. Cacao is from America. Mesoamerica
1: and South America. Coffee is from Africa. Ethiopia. But when coffee came here to America. Many coffee. Yeah it adapted very well to, to to the environment. And for many years, coffee was the engine driving the economy of Guatemala. That was unfortunate for the that by the generations coming further, coming down. Uh, until now, coffee is, uh, hmm. the situation of coffee is uh, precarious. That's because they are not paying attention to
0: So what periods, uh, roughly, if you have any years or decades that you can talk about where coffee was really the strong I driver?
1: Say, I would say from late 19th century all the way to the 60s, with maybe a couple of bleaches in the tube. OK. Bleaches. Yeah. And then it started like a cycle of uh, about 10 years between the best price and the worst price, Uh, uh, and and people didn't get it. farmers didn't get it. They they, they continue to do the same.
0: So what caused the doubt? It's kind of interesting because I feel like I, you know, as an outsider who is somebody who's lived in Guatemala most of this year, um, I kind of feel like I just, I keep learning about new coffee brands, and there must be thousands of coffee fincas and brands and, uh, in Guatemala. And so I sort of think that you know everybody loves their Guatemalan coffee, and I, when I bring it back to the states, uh, you know people love it. Uh, but yeah, what what was how
1: much do you pay for a bag of coffee? And I'm not saying a pound because most likely it's going to be four pounds. Okay. How much do you pay for that?
0: Oh gosh, I don't know. It probably varies. Like. Uh, Ten, twelve dollars. I don't know how much. How much? No, w- in the states. Oh, in the states. I. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I
1: don't remember.
0: Yeah, I don't remember. It's paper, been too long. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's not that much good coffee.
1: no, <laughs> no, the no, 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 yes, there is. Of course, there is. The U.S. is the, the first, the prime destination for the Guatemalan coffee, okay. and many okay. other countries have good coffee, like Colombia, etc. Also. Brazil is the biggest supplier and Brazil has commodity coffee. Yeah. But they don't sell together. Nor in the same market. So a good coffee is going to be most likely single origin and it's going to be market like that. Guatemala. And maybe they, they tell me Guatemala Antigua or Guatemala or Guatemala, or Guatemala whatever. Yeah. Alejandro. Uh, or Colombia. Yeah, but, but that's that's how you differentiate a good coffee and, and a commodity coffee, and the prices are quite different.
0: So what caused uh, the downturn? Uh, at, you said at one point it was coffee was really the driver uh, of the economy until maybe about the nineteen sixties, no, and then right. 1960- Higa. Okay. Yeah, the end, all the at way the to the '60s. Yeah, okay. what yeah. happened? What happened at that point?
1: Mid '70s is when, when the problem started. Yeah, uh, the cycles. Uh, well, more countries came into play, especially. Um,
0: uh, so competition. No, no. That,
1: that was designed. Uh, it was designed by the three. At the time, three big companies in coffee, Maxwell Harvey's one of And, uh, and they, got, they got the World Bank to, to invest heavily in, in uh, I think it's Vietnam. So they had a lousy coffee but for some years. Vietnam, for many years, Brazil was the biggest producer, and Colombia was number two uh, in 10 years. Vietnam sometimes was number two, with lousy coffee, but coffee nonetheless. So that drove the price of the commodity, and that's what we we failed to to see. We were able and willing to accept that our coffee was a commodity. Well, that was the biggest thing.
0: So it kind of went for being a uh, kind of specialty coffee? What would you call it, specialty works? Is that all? You see, that's the point. When you buy the coffee,
1: and you can check the good brands, you, you'll see that it's specialty. And what is now the Specialty Coffee Association started with the American Specialty Coffee Association. Mm. Now it's worldwide. Specialty Coffee Association. Specialty Coffee American Association. Yeah. That's, that was originally. But that's, you, the, but over there, we're talking the US, Canada, Japan, Europe, and that's about it. Maybe
0: that's where watermelon coffee Maybe is. South
1: Korea. No, 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 all specialty
0: coffee. All specialty coffee. not, not us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Africa
1: has an amazing coffee as well. Mm-hmm. A little different than, than the one from America, yeah. America, the country. Uh, but, but it is the same. The, the countries producing get basically nothing from one cup of coffee. It says that you pay. How much do you pay for a cup of coffee at Starbucks? By the way, they should pay you to drink that garbage.
0: How much do you pay for? Oh, it could be what, five to seven dollars, depending okay. on what kind of coffee About you have? About three
1: cents come back to the farm. Wow. To the, farm. To the country,
0: maybe five. Well, you know what's interesting? Uh, I started a little YouTube uh, travel channel when I first got here to Guatemala. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was walking by, I was actually in Zone 10, Guatemala City, and I was doing a little video. And I was really, what I was trying to show in the video was uh, the different that there's so that there's a lot there's a very international flavor now in Guatemala City that you know maybe people wouldn't expect and of course you can see a lot of outside companies you can see some local companies and as I, I happened to be walking by a Starbucks by the Oakland Mall when I said oh you know you can get your of course everybody knows you can get your McDonald's and your Starbucks just about everywhere including in Guatemala these are you know and I said something like these are American companies and I had somebody on my YouTube channel that was a Guatemalan comment <laughs> comment and say, "Oh, Starbucks, that's Guatemalan <laughs> coffee. And I thought, I didn't respond, but I thought to myself, okay, it's probably Guatemalan coffee, but that money is going back to Seattle somewhere, Starbucks headquarters, right? And, and that's kind of what you're getting at, I think, right? So, yes, I mean, it the, is coffee, the yeah. coffee is not, there's no coffee made in the United States. Yes. Like, you're not growing, you can't. You
1: don't grow. Right,
0: right, you don't grow. Except grow. in Hawaii. Oh, Hawaii, I didn't even think about that. They grow coffee in Hawaii? I haven't been there. It's one of the three states It's not that. very good. Yeah, not very good. Well, it's, it's probably expensive. Yeah, it's crazy expensive. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's transported.
1: And you know what businesses, that their explanation is, oh, we have to pay our farmers a first world legal wage. Ah, OK, so fuck you. Yeah. we don't get to, to, to receive that
0: on you right right so again FY <laughs> so what can what can what can Guatemalan farmers do what can Guatemala do I don't know what's the what's the uh, you you're put in charge of public policy today here in Guatemala economic policy and uh, you want to help the coffee industry in Guatemala what would what would you say are some of the things we we could do here
1: well actually I'm not
0: same, I'm doing it. Oh, uh, how are you doing it?
1: Well, the the simplest way is this is like the guardian knot. Do you know that legend?
0: No, the guardian, the guardian knot. No, the, I don't even know what you just said. That's <laughs>
1: from the ancient ethos, Greek mythology. Um, it was said that there was, there was a big nut, and whomever was able to to, to to open it up, yeah, rule the world. Okay, and Alexander the Great went there, saw it, took his sword, slashed it. That's it, and off he went to come the world. It's not that complicated. We just need to stop giving away our coffee and sell it as a commodity.
0: Yeah.
1: And doing that task ourselves, go outside, outside, in the first world countries, for that I mean Europe, the US, and Canada, for the time being Forgetting about Japan, South Korea. Uh, that's a good beginning. Uh, bring back all the added
0: value. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, so you would sell it directly? Is that what? It would
1: Not just that. We can we can get it here. Take the chocolate, big chunks already chunks. Coffee, forget it. It goes. to be to burger buy off, and, and sell it there. And then, that, uh, that added value, that makes a big difference.
0: So, uh, when you say sell it there, um, how would you change the way you sell it? Because uh, are, you, are you basically selling it to big companies now? Is that what's going on, mm-hmm. how's it
1: going on? Oh, right now? Yeah. Look, right now, they export group, just give it away to, to
0: any company like Starbucks, let's say. Exactly? yeah. Yeah.
1: They don't, by the way, they are not taking that much coffee from Guatemala anymore. You
0: know. well, Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But there was a time when they take thirty some percent. Wow. But it's, it's the it's very little. The prices that we get are precisely that. So the farmer gets three cents per cup. Wow. Which is amazing.
0: Yeah. Um, OK, let's move on to chocolate. It's the same. It's the same. Because
1: except that with these prices, it's kind of up the hill to, to get into, into growing cacao. Uh, coffee, we have a lot, although it's been lowering. Because many farms are abandoned as the owners decide that, no, coffee is not a business anymore. It's not a viable business anymore. That's the way they think. Hmm. Uh, But cacao is is something that we have to almost start. Not that we don't have, but in 2001, uh, the sugar cane industry leased all the lands in the Pacific that were filled with cacao and destroy everything with the cane sugar. Mm. And now, for the four year in a row, happily, they're losing money. And of course, there's no way to add value to something called sugar. Yeah. There's one rum. <laughs> rum is another value for sugar. Yes. Yes. But what else? That's it.
0: So, the land would be better used to grow chocolate?
1: By a million times.
0: Yeah. And. Properly
1: sold. It's sold as we are saying right now, the coffee, it can make no difference.
0: So, um, I remember talking to you before, you mentioned uh, there's a certain percentage of chocolate. Uh, So, you know, Guatemala has quite the capability to produce. All of its chocolate here, right? Like, yeah. without importing any. Yeah. But Guatemala is importing a pretty significant percentage of chocolate. Yeah. How, wh- why and how? And tell us where that chocolate's coming from.
1: Well, because the biggest, the biggest seller of, of producer of chocolate, and, and, and they sell to the to the food service. Uh, in the food service industry, almost all the time, with very few exceptions, they are looking for the cheapest price. Uh, what this company is importing is not cacao beans. They are importing cocoa paste, cocoa, water, cocoa pot, butter, and cocoa powder. Uh, the, the, the origin of those beans is gamma. Um, so Really poor quality cacao. Uh, laden with a child, slave, labor. Yeah. And that is transported to Holland and transformed into these commodities and plants capable of working anywhere from 50 to 300 tons per day. So for them, it's cheaper to operate that way
0: than to buy a cacao So the cacao, the cacao, uh, as we explained, that's the, like, the plant? What is that? How do you, uh, hmm? is that the finished product, or is that
1: the-, the No, cacao is a tree. Is a tree. Cacao pod is a fruit. Um, cacao seed is what you have to work into making chocolate.
0: So the, the cacao seed- But the cocoa bean
1: comes from the cacao tree. Yeah. And the cacao tree produces cacao pots.
0: So all and that part from the tree to the seed to the uh, bean, all that, they're getting that all from Africa. Yes. And that's but hot.
1: not? in not in the, in
0: the shape of cocoa bean.
1: Mm. That cocoa bean has been in, mm.
0: in Holland, okay, to be transformed
1: into cocoa paste, cocoa butter, and cocoa powder. So here, what they do is and to me, in order to be able to call yourself I'm doing my own chocolate, you have to start by roasting it. Okay. Roasting it is the second most important part of making chocolate.
0: So most important can of someone a roo- cow. Can someone roast something that comes from that process from Holland or has it already been roasted in Holland?
1: Oh no no no. To make cocoa paste, they have to they, they roast it in Holland.
0: Yeah, yeah. They do all So, the s- so if someone's getting that sort of finished product in Holland, and then they're coming. Somehow that, uh, that that's getting here to Guatemala or wherever, and then they're say, then they they're like making their own chocolate bar. They really didn't make their own chocolate bar. They just they just shaped it or put a name on it or something.
1: See, uh, <laughs> this is like gray zone. Yeah, because Belgium and Switzerland were good corrupt countries. <laughs> They almost forced to switch the, 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 the definition of the origin of the chocolate from away from the cocoa itself to cocoa bean mm. to the country that was manufacturing. Ah, so
0: chocolate. when you hear Swiss chocolate, it starts it's in Africa. You can
1: you can find what what, what cocoa can you grow in Switzerland? <laughs> Right, nothing. or in, in Belgium, nothing. But by changing that definition, now you can find Swiss chocolate, German chocolate, Belgian chocolate, anything. What the craft chocolate industry have done, which is tiny small, which probably part of, that, is that we don't care. We don't care about the origin of the name of the country. We provide the origin of the nomination of the cocoa bean. Mm. And then there's nothing they can do, because they cannot buy that cacao with the prices that they are buying and selling It's not a competition. I mean, a good craft chocolate in Europe, 50 grams, uh, the typical price is 10 euros. Mm. And in the States, you can check there's so many. It's about the same, $10 or $12 for 50 grand mark. Now, go to Hershey, check the difference. What do you want? Good price and and, and, and crap inside (laughs) you? Or good quality without the added uh, uh,
0: industrial food produce? So how can uh how can Guado, How can the chocolate industry here in Guatemala grow? What what uh, what needs to be done? And then, what are you doing about it? Same, except that uh, uh, different than
1: coffee, that we cannot roast here and ship because by the time it arrives to Europe, it'll be gone. Uh, here, we can do bulk chocolate. It's ours. It's from Guatemala. And then, we ship it to Europe, mainly And um, Over there, we just, you know, temper and do little bars. I don't care if that's called German chocolate it, I don't care, it's ours, because we have a German company. Mm. Mm. With all the permits to, to, to work with, and everything, importation and distributing, everything. And then, we can open one First, one location, and then heavy persons online to deliver all throughout the, the whole European Union. Yeah.
0: Wow, and beyond. So, okay. So here at Fernando's Cafe, you have uh, behind us over here. There's a there's a kitchen where chocolate is made. What's the pro- no, it's not made in the kitchen? Where's it? Where's it made? It's a factory. Oh, in the factory. What happens here in the kitchen? No, we don't have a kitchen here. Okay. We roast. You're roasting there?
1: Yeah. Okay. And then we have to, unlike coffee that you roast, and if you're packing whole bean coffee, you just need to blend the different degrees of roast and then pack. Uh, Cocoa, you roast with the shell. So you have to break and remove the shell and you get the coconuts that we have. Mm. And then... uh, you have to grind that into the paste. And then it goes into the refiners. Until, and stays in the refiners until you have the uh, particle sizes of uh, under 20, 20, 20 microns
0: or under. Hmm. So, okay, so uh, where, uh, so you've got the cacao here in Guatemala. Yep. Yeah. It's being grown. How, how far from where we're sitting is that cacao being grown?
1: well we buy basically from all over the country that has cacao and basically we have two main areas one is in the pacific slope that we still have sushi tapetes mazapenangro san marcos uh, and then lowlands okay and then we have in the north, in Alta Paz, but in the lowlands also, we have a, a big part of uh, production. There's more potential for a uh, regarding an area that we can be grown in Pass, San Marcos, lowlands, the 10,
0: Isabel. And what's the process, you as an entrepreneur uh, running this company, and what's the process of making uh, relationships with all of those farmers and where you're getting that cacao. Well,
1: number one, if you want to be in the good eyes, pay them right. Yeah. And that's what we do. That's at the hardcore of our model. Pay the farmers right, coffee and coffee. I'm really demanding quality again because of the sea. I expect my customers to be demanding. Yeah. Uh, so if I pay them right,
0: uh, I can get a good quality. And then, so from there, that that's transported to factories or a factory here, here everything here, everything right here. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so how is it? How is it turned from cacao to the chocolate? Yep. Roasting, Oh, okay. Taking out
1: the shell, grinding into a thick cocoa paste, refiners, to to make the, the the what is called the European Thai chocolate, which is a term that I don't like. <laughs> that means that is at least 20 microns or slightly okay. less than that, uh, and then conching, which is probably the most difficult trying to explain, is getting rid of unwanted flavors, with movement and heat. Uh, And all those steps are hmm, chemical changes. That means you cannot go back if you miss, unless you under roast, and you can continue roasting, yes. But if if you over roast, that's that's done. Yeah, it's that's over. It. Uh The Help. last, Go only ahead. the last step, which is tempering the chocolate, that belongs in the, in the world of physics, because play, you're playing with crystals. Yeah. Uh, so if you miss with the tempering, you just melt again and temper. It. That's why we can ship big lots, two kilos of chocolate, uh, and put it in a tempering machine that is going to melt that put it in tempering temperature and mold. Because we don't want to be hand tempering. Yeah. Uh, the amount of the chocolate that we plant is so there. So, so how much
0: do, um, uh, if you could say, how much do you produce here in your, in your company? Uh, chocolate maybe each year or whatever? And how much um, chocolate does Guatemala produce on a, on a whole as well, if you know those numbers? Uh, I have the capability
1: of uh, producing one and a half tons per month here.
0: One and a half mm-hmm. tons per month. Yeah, that's the uh, capability.
1: And everything is in metric. So it's fifteen hundred kilos. Okay. Uh, depending on the chocolate that we're making, we can do up to two tons. Some chocolates take more time than others, but. Uh, I think that we work for half our capability, right now, and selling basically only in Guatemala and for our customers. When you say
0: half your capability, uh, you, your company? Yeah, right here. Yeah.
1: So let's say one ton per month. And that's what we sell to our uh, here, in our shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, for selling to other companies, we only have one. It, it's not worth it to go well to any, any chain, supermarket. supermarkets. Uh, only have one because one company that you sell to? Yeah.
0: yeah. So otherwise you sell here in your shop, uh, people can pick it up in Fernando's Cafe in Antigua?
1: And we export to our customers like you saw today. With DHL,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so where are your cu- where are your customers all over? These are individual well,
1: customers. I, we could be shipping worldwide. The DHL goes worldwide. But uh, the thing is, uh, with all the restrictions and mm-hmm. all the, we are only shipping to the US. Again.
0: Okay. Now, um, we're probably going to air this podcast after Christmas, mm-hmm. but uh, we're sitting here, you know, two almost two months. Uh, before Christmas, and uh, there's a lot of supply chain issues going on all over the world, including in the U.S., Um, and of course people are just so uh, concerned about getting their Christmas gifts on time, right? But uh, is that affecting you at all? Uh, Will that, in terms of how people can get chocolate, uh, maybe, maybe people, let's just say customers in the United States that might uh, be wanting to order some kind of chocolate gifts or something for Christmas uh, or for anything, really?
1: No, no, because DHL goes through DHL and they have their own planes, they have their own props. they have their own logistics. Uh, so, no, actually, uh,
0: yeah, so you're not depending on uh, like ships. Of course, things
1: we're like going to be affected by the prices of the fuel. Yeah, uh, and that, that's going to be that has to be passed through. Right. So, DHL
0: ways. is at some point, if they haven't already, raised the prices on they, shipping because they, of the they, fuel. They right?
1: adjust the prices up or down yeah. every month.
0: Wow, so you see that. But that's
1: blank. They take the, the price of the, of the general fuel, yeah. because they, it's a different fuel to fly, for planes, and for trucks, uh, and, and they do it with the, uh, official data from the last month. And they are just current, so I know that comes Monday. Yeah. That is called the fuel surcharge. Yeah. I know it's going to go up.
0: Yeah. That's why. I was and then you, you'll likely be passing that on to the of consumer, course, right? right? Yeah. So, um, okay, so um, we talked about the amount of chocolate you produce and uh, the way that Guatemala can um, can stop importing so much chocolate and produce itself as. Uh, export. As, and export chocolate to places, and maybe really compete with some of those other places. Um, what is your plan, and, and c- can people invest in what you're doing and be part of it?
1: Uh, well, we, as, as I said, uh, our goal is to to have the whole supply chain under our supervision from the bean to the consumer. Even more so than now. Um, Pretty much like we do now with DHL, except that we are going to be in a country that is willing to pay for the same 50 grand bar that we sell here. Well, we sell that uh, to the states, that we the shipping for $5. They are paying for that $10 plus shipping.
0: Oh, wow. So in the States, the chocolate is the The craft chocolate that you're selling to the States uh, is twice as much as what they walked in here and bought it, plus shipping.
1: Well, if they come here, it's three times more expensive, because here is around $3 dollars a change. OK. Five is we pay. With five, we are paying VHO. OK. So we ended up having about the same. Oh,
0: I gotcha. But uh,
1: by doing this more work, that implies more revenue. Yeah. And more money coming back to the company. And that's the money we need to develop.
0: So you're now trying to uh, raise some capital funds to yes. to invest in, is it more machinery? Uh, yeah. t- I mean, the whole process that you everything. just laid out, yeah. It's
1: everything, because we have good machines. But for example, uh, our fastest machine is able to process 40 kilos in 60 hours. There are machines that we can fit there. There are machines that we cannot fit in the building. I'm not
0: yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: there are machines that we can fit in that that can deliver 140 kilos per day.
0: Wow. Per day.
1: Per day. And then if you have,
0: if you, if you
1: pass that into a temporary machine, that is able to, to, to temper 120 kilos per
0: hour. How many kilos is a ton, 1,000? 1,000. 1,000 kilos. The metric ton. Yeah. metric ton, so I don't know what, yeah. 1,000
1: kilos. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, 2.2046 yeah. pounds. So uh, but let's stick to metric. Yeah. Kilos. So if we have a machine that is able to temper 120 kilos per hour. Suddenly, our production cost is
0: down. And then, uh, the output of that is, Fernando's doing pretty well, he's selling more chocolate. (laughs) His staff is growing. Uh, And also the farmers. Yeah, the farmers uh, have more work. Uh, They're producing more output. Uh, So you've got, like with just one investment, um, into one company, yours, uh, into growing the output, uh, you could be helping like hundreds and hundreds of more people. Yeah, yeah,
1: and, and mind is all the so-called natural disasters that we have had in the past few years mm-hmm. are not really, really natural. We are like by destroying the land, the trees, yeah, and, uh, uh, sending the rivers to a different place, so they are not running under the mountains and everything. Uh, all that is the cost uh, of many environmental problems that
0: we have. And then on top of that, you've got, you know, your government here in Guatemala uh, having well, to spend... Not about well, about, or, but I'm just talking about the public public like in terms of helping in natural disasters, helping in infrastructure, right? There's a lot of expense that goes into that. And then on top of that, when there's, when there's these natural problems, these so-called natural catastrophe problems, uh, you have a lot of international aid coming in, like from the United States and things like that. So you can kind of reduce a lot of that uh, by helping improve the lives and, and, and uh, economic of capacity course. of the people here. Of course. Right? But so you kinda take them out of the equation or mm-hmm.
1: let me show you a picture of how the soil of good cacao looks Because if you if you have that,
0: so it changes the soil. Literally.
1: Look at that! Wow. Look at that! Okay. Amount of leaves yeah. that are protecting the soil. So, and that's in Alta Verapaz, in La Chua, a place where. Heavy, heavy rain falls. I can provide you yeah, we'll pictures. Yeah, we'll put those up. I, no, I can provide a good pictures yeah, yeah. that I have taken. This, yeah. is, this was, uh, this is from of the internet, so it's low local. But uh, it doesn't matter how strong the rain is. Mm-hmm. By the time it hits the soil, it's going to be a drizzle. So no soil is going to be moved. Yeah. But this is growing. This you have cacao. You have other trees protecting the cacao and the soil and then it doesn't matter if you're growing cacao or coffee in the it's really, it's protected hmm. and that's what we have forgotten that guatemala is not guatemala doesn't have an agricultural location and how do do I dare to say
0: that? You said an agricultural education vocation. or vocation, vocation? An agricultural vocation.
1: How do I dare to say that? Because of our topography.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Our topography means, it's telling us, give me trees. Well, trees there are. You need trees to grow coffee so the, the, the bean develops slowly. Take a look at that coffee that is under the shade. It's already and that's yeah, a lousy quality. Yeah. If you see this coffee around in a field, you won't see anyone that is red. Not even starting to get red. It's green. Mm. Big size, green. Uh, that one that is under the sun, That quality, and red. So, better quality is green? No, no. Better quality is slow. Oh, slow. It, it will be red in December Yeah. at the same altitude. And that means. Oh interesting.
0: Yeah. Okay so uh, we've talked cacao is the same
1: cacao needs the same mm-hmm. not to develop slowly but to, to, to be protected yeah but together they make an ecosystem that is where it's impossible to have a mudslide which is the main problem that we've had with the very weak storms that we have received yeah so, because was not
0: that was a hurricane, a hurricane.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was a mean hurricane in Nicaragua, but by the time it hit Guatemala and found the only spot in Ottawa River Basin, uh, it was running at 16 kilometers per hour. That's not something that should have been a problem, and it was a big problem just because we don't trees on the land, yeah, and then. Is that the, can you call that a natural disaster? No, it's man-made.
0: Right, right. Um, well, so shifting the subject just a little bit here, um, there are many uh, who or, want to invest or buy what is called free, I'm oh, sorry, fair trade coffee. Um, and I noticed on your website, you talk about smart trade coffee. Yeah, fair um,
1: trade, yeah. fair trade means absolutely nothing when it comes to the price that they are paying, let's say that the commodity price brings to the farmer three cents. Well, maybe fair trade brings four. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That ain't a big difference. (laughs) Uh, So our idea is completely different Uh, and treated in a whole different way. And uh, uh, it, it depends on how much are we able to bring back to the country that we are going to be able to...
0: to so let's say in the future, um, okay, so right now, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you, I think some people are getting duped a bit on this fair trade stuff, and maybe some stuff is more fair trade than others, I don't know, it's hard to tell. Um, no, actually, if, we
1: talk in, if we're talking about coffee fair trade, which is by far the biggest fair trade commodity yeah. that is that is marketed throughout the world, that is not aimed to your mind. I don't care about your... It is into your heart. Yes. I don't care for your heart. <laughs> I want your mind. I want you to think, and think what you're doing, think what you're acting upon.
0: But if you're a consumer, let's say you're in the United mm-hmm. States, yeah. and you're just, you're, you don't have time to think because your coffee is just one out of 50 things you're buying every week or whatever, and you're just like, oh, I want to buy some fair trade coffee. People told me that's the better coffee to help the farmers. So I see on the shelf, and I see something's marketed fair trade, and that's what I get. Um, what, what, uh, what more should they be thinking about? What, what, how should they be approaching the subject?
1: Well, that is something that, for sure, fair trade won't address. Yeah. Because that's the biggest, small, little lack. Uh, just imagine the economics. They do have a, a, a more streamlined. Supply chain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not as much as ours, but quite close. So I think maybe you can corroborate the prices for a fair trade coffee.
0: Yeah, maybe Luis can oh. do that.
1: Yep. Can you corroborate the prices of fair trade coffee
0: we'll for see the if, farmer? We, we'll see if we, he can do that research during the interview. It's easy. <laughs>
1: Check it out. Organic and conventional. Last time I checked, because I don't follow them, last time I checked it was around 141 cents per pound.
0: Okay.
1: Not one pound, but 12 ounces of that coffee are typically sold for 16 to 18 dollars. 12 ounces. Where's the furnace? It's bullshit. Pure bullshit.
0: Okay, so how are we going to change how that's market, or how are we going to change smart trade? Smart trade. So mm-hmm. uh, I haven't, I haven't heard of smart trade before. No, it's ours. It's yours. You, Fernando. It's ours. Um, we we registered. Uh, trademarked. So yeah,
1: I think we registered in two thousand six. I don't wow. know. Wow. But here, every ten years you have to renew. We already need that. So fifteen
0: years you've, you've yeah. trademarked this, but how much do people know about it?
1: Not much, because we have been, we have been uh, keeping it for a time where when we were ready to pounce.
0: We are, this is the time. Okay, so you heard it here first on the Agents of Innovation podcast, smart yeah. trade coffee. Yeah. This is the way to go to help. Tell me what exactly does it do the best? Okay, first. And is it just coffee or is it also with chocolate, smart trade, also everything, all sorts of things. We
1: started with coffee. But immediately transported it to the package and it goes like this. First, the farmer gets two dollars per pound. period. We are not going to obligate them to pay
0: dues that
1: fair trade does. The farmer has to pay
0: and fair trade gets about 141 a pound is $141 understood?
1: the farmer they have to pay something
0: but they have, and net They have, have to be pay. certified. That is another Oh, version. to kind of get into the, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: We certify them
0: with, okay. with quality
1: for no payment. We pay them $2 a month. And then, well, when we sell here, it's very easy. We roughly, we sell the coffee for $7. So $2 uh, to the farmer by the time you roast, and you lose about 18% of weight. That's two thirty-six when you and we do pack. One pounders. Yeah, we don't, need, uh, we don't we don't we uh, don't cheat our customers. Yeah, giving them a, a one pounder bag with twelve ounces is one pounder. Yeah, yeah. So uh, right there, you have two thirty six dollars when you account for the weight loss. And then we figure that around two thirty six is what takes us to the rows, the packaging, labor. Uh, the keeping the upkeep of the premise where we sell the coffee, and then when you deduct seven, and we sell for about uh, roughly seven dollars. Give or take the change of the dollar, when you take 236 minus 236, we keep about 230. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, then we can say we are getting exactly the same from the farmer.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. That's a lot. Yeah, that's great. That's smart. That's smart trade. So,
1: whomever we touch, they never go back to smart trade. When the smart trade people come back, we wonder, no.
0: (laughs) So um, let's just hypothetically say that the CEO of Starbucks is listening to this podcast.
1: There's nothing they can do.
0: No, but let's say they want to help you. No. No? No. no, I mean, I'm just being hypothetical. This Especially him. Forget. He's <laughs> an asshole. Okay. Well, uh, I was just thinking of, you know, all these corporations these days—they're getting um, pushed up against by a lot of activists and things like that. And well, what they, if, what if, what if public pressure came to bear on whatever coffee company called Starbucks, call it whoever, and they said, "Hey, we—we're uh, exposing." Starbucks—they're not really free, fair trade. They're screwing over these little farmers. Starbucks—you need to—you need to start buying the smart trade coffee. Uh, and 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 that opened up a world. With, what, would you would you work with companies like that, or or, or how would that work? It
1: ain't gonna happen. First. <laughs> Second, they can't afford it because they are locked in their own.
0: They got certain, all sorts of contracts, and they got all sorts yeah. of what what their obligations are. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, no. It's okay. something. Nowadays, this is the beauty of if you work, this is the good part of the global communication. There is a bad part as well. Yeah. But the good part is that you, as a very small company, you can act as a very big company because you can communicate with anybody that you want yeah that's true and you can target your audience
0: so let's say someone, well. someone's listening now and they're interested in either investing in smart trade coffee or buying it as a consumer um i mean where should they go what work they just come to your website yes and,
1: uh, or they can we have uh, social media
0: it okay is, uh, that's fernando's cafe with a k yeah, I, I'll give you A S F. We'll put it on. We'll put it I'll in the show notes. Different, I'll
1: give you a different. Uh, we have several, but the uh, Monica upstairs is the one that handles all that money. Um, so
0: <laughs> that's fine. Well, we'll get we'll get to, to that. Bring um,
1: All the our social media, so you
0: can yeah. We'll put we'll put that here in the the, uh, the show notes uh, wherever people are listening or watching. So and we have
1: we have a presentation in English. Okay. Uh, on why to invest here, why it is useful to invest here. We have one in English, one in Spanish, and after that, of course, we have our executive summary that we're willing to to give yeah. to somebody that is interested. And then, of course, we have the business model, but that's only for the.
0: Right. System. So, people who are interested in talking to you individually, they can they can reach out and get a presentation they can get day.
1: all the way to the executive summary.
0: Okay. And if they invest, they get the business plan. So, uh, last couple questions here for you. Uh, if someone wants to open a business in Guatemala, such as a coffee shop or a chocolate shop, and I'm not trying to create competition for you, but any what what advice would you have for uh, any any aspiring entrepreneurs here in Guatemala?
1: Well, you have to be ready to work hard.
0: Ready to work hard
1: Uh, and love what you do because if you're going to be working hard and long hours, and for some, in twenty-one years, we work here from Monday to Sunday. uh, Only this time, because of the situation, we close at four. Our regular hours were from 7 to 7, from Monday to Saturday, and from 7 to noon, to Sunday. And most holidays, we would work, including January 1st, December 25th. Of course, less hours, from 8 to 11, in both cases. And I told them, if you go out and get drunk, don't bother. But if you want good breakfast and you are able to help, we're here, from 8 to 11.
0: Uh, Now, Fernando, do you have any uh, favorite books that you like, especially some that might be helpful to uh, aspiring entrepreneurs? Books? No. No? Nothing, Nothing you want to recommend? No. Or just something that's been influential or impactful for you in your life?
1: Well, I guess many, many different <laughs> books, but none are uh, related to... I, I don't read uh, about uh, books about...
0: Uh, you just uh, do. Entrepreneurs, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Learn a lot about what you do. I learned, uh, I read a lot of books about how to yeah. coffee and how to chocolate. And I still do. And there's videos as well. Anyway, but the, that... That doesn't mean that I that that will give you the drive to withstand. That many people tell me how 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 can you? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like it. This is, I, I'm never bored.
0: Well, that's that sounds for sure. That's good. You well, you're passionate. You're never bored, and you've got a an incredible plan. Uh, what do you think? You know. Um, I'm sure Guatemala has has changed a lot throughout your lifetime. Uh, What can you say about that, let's leave it with this, and what can you say about sort of your vision for the future of Guatemala and and maybe the Guatemalan economy and the Guatemalan people? Well, yeah,
1: during my lifetime, Guatemala has changed for the worse. For the worse? Yeah. What do you mean? uh, For example, when I was a kid in, in elementary, I remember vividly uh, the final exams every year. We would go out. It would be raining. It was October, like around mid-October. And it was raining. Heavy, heavy rains. And we didn't have any much light. Mm. Any. The only thing that we had in the Pacific was bridges destroyed. But that was because the bridges were too narrow. Too yeah. close to the to the to the river, so as soon as they extended that, that finished. But then we started having mudslides all over the country, and we didn't get that. And every year it's worse,
0: wow. and worse and worse. And is that because of the way people have kind of abused That's land? That's because
1: of the monoculture cultivars. Yeah, cane sugar has a lot to do with it. Cotton was before. And just so you know, the last lands that were used to grow cro- uh, cotton are still sterilized, and they still have about 20 more years, and the last time they used, correct, was 1989,
0: so... So one of the biggest challenges for Guatemala, as you see it right now, is the uh, is the use, the way the land's been used, yeah. and then you can't, a lot of times it's been destroyed for such a... Like, for, it's yeah. been destroyed, but destroyed in a way that it won't be able to be used for a long time. That's correct. Yeah.
1: Uh, and, and we have to switch. Uh, I, I mean, we have great plains to grow our delicious vegetables that are top quality. Yeah. But you're not going to grow vegetables in, in, in something, something that looks like this. On a slope, yeah. Over there, you, grow, you can grow cacao or coffee, protected by the trees. Diversity in what is called in Spanish. Uh, hmm. What is the name?
0: Hmm. So. What is the name in Spanish? Hmm. I'm trying to. Remember.
1: Oh. Oh, sistema agroforestal, or agroforestry system. Okay. That's what we need in Guatemala.
0: Yeah. Well, so people need to invest in agroforestry system because yeah. you're going to create trees, more trees that can then help produce more uh, Protect crops. Protect the soil but to, yeah. and then produce. Uh, and, and money,
1: because mm-hmm. a good farmer of cacao, this guy, i me yeah. show you, he's able to produce two tons per hectare. Wow. That means... If I buy the two tons for you this $8,820 per hectare. Wow. And a hectare is 2.5 acres. Just, yeah. You have an idea. I don't know if you are familiar with hectares. No, no that's hectares thank you for informing us. So imagine that in 2.5 acres, you can get 8820 Yeah. That is real money, and not just that. When you see the presentation that I'm sending you, from the money that is coming back, we are willing to invest 30% of that money in partnership with the same farmers, both coffee and cocoa, roughly aiming to half and half. The companies are going to be 51-49, 50-50 is a losing proposition. But the, the, the idea is that we provide all the money and they provide all the work
0: well that's good well you're and doing and
1: then it. we have chocolate that is not just from bean to bar like now that is called from tree to bar
0: from tree to bar yes because we are to chocolate the bar. only
1: from the farms that are coming from there from tree to bar means that you own the plantations
0: Mm, and, okay. that's, yeah. and that's
1: another uh, added value. From being to bar is already a very nice added value, but from tree to bar is a step up.
0: Great. Well, Fernando, this has been a really great conversation. I've learned so much, and this is not my first conversation with you, and I keep learning more every time I talk <laughs> to you, so I'm sure our listeners uh, learned a lot. And also, now we know the path forward for Guatemala, for the coffee farmers, for the chocolate, the cacao, Um, and the land and the forestry um, and then how you know really we're gonna hopefully uplift more people here in Guatemala uh, through some of the plans and ideas you have and and not just ideas but the actual um, you know what you've put in place here and and uh, and if anybody wants to uh, reach out to you we'll put we'll put all the information in the show notes and if they come to Guatemala of course they're gonna come to Antigua and of course they need to come to Fernando's cafe uh, great place and ask for Fernando because he's here working all the time <laughs> and unless he's uh, busy sending yeah. orders through DHL uh, he might actually be able to, to say hello to you and maybe enjoy a cup of coffee with you. So it's been great getting to know you. Sure, that's
1: a very nice part of my life. Yeah, right. New
0: people. Yeah, Antigua has people come from all over the world so it's yeah. a great place to be and probably a wonderful place to live. Yeah, learn. Huh? Yeah, live yeah. and learn. Well, that's what we'll do. Well, thank you Fernando. Thanks for being on the Agents of Innovation podcast. I